Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. Did you know that you should never use paints or coatings on brick, block, stone, or mortar? It's because it needs to breathe. Instead, you can stain it to any color that you'd like, and yes, even the mortar too. Staining is 100% maintenance-free and permanent, unlike coatings. So why don't more people know about it? We wondered the same thing. M&N Masonry Staining is a South Jersey contractor that has partnered with the oldest brick staining manufacturer in the United States and is certified to use their proprietary products and over 45 years of staining knowledge. M&N is scheduling residential and commercial building estimates now. For more information, call Nick at 856-217-1750 or follow M&N Masonry Staining on any social media platform. Today's guest is a cybersecurity and IT expert, an entrepreneur, and a speaker. And I'm pretty excited to share his journey, or he'll, he'll be sharing it, about how he got into that space and his entrepreneurship road, because it's a, it's a very uh, interesting one. And one that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. Tim Quinn, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Nick. I'm very happy to be here and be part of uh, your podcast here. A little bit about myself. Uh, again, I'm Tim Gwim. I'm currently president of PCH Technologies, a cybersecurity and IT firm based out of the Philadelphia area. I started my entrepreneurship a very long time ago. My first part of it was actually delivering newspapers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. I was riding down the street one day, this is in the 80s, and a car stopped. We were riding our bikes and said, hey, do you guys want to make some money? And, you know, different times, don't suggest it doing now, but uh, it was a person that was looking uh, for some you know, person to deliver papers. And, you know, I wanted to earn some earn some extra cash. And uh, that's, where, that's where I started, delivering newspapers in Washington Township, taught me a lot of responsibility. I had to pay the bill every every uh, every week. I had to make sure the papers were delivered on time. Don't get complaints. Uh, so it was a, that was kind of my very 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 first start in entrepreneurship. I went to Washington Washington Township High School. I had a passion for computers. I played a lot of video games, things like that. Some of my friends said, "You know what? I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was good at computers, and they were applying to Drexel University." So I said, "Well, I'll go with you guys to Drexel." And from there, I went on the co-op program. I did a stint uh, at Lockheed Martin for 18 months. I've also met a few business owners when I was working at Lockheed Martin. So at night, I would work at Lockheed Martin during the day. And then at night, I would help out small businesses with their computer needs. At that time, the internet was just starting. That was still um, 
internet was just as that was probably like 97 or so. So internet's just coming out. There was still dial up around DSL high speed internet was just kind of a new, a new thing. So once I graduated Drexel, you know, I had job offers that I could take and I decided to go out on my own because I had a few customers and I started the company uh, PC Helpers back in 1997. No, excellent. And and I wanted to go back to when you went to Drexel. You graduated in 97. Did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or, or were you considering on working for someone? That was a very hard decision because I had a very good stable, you know, job offer that I, you know, good bonus, things like that, that I would have an actual, you know, a, a very good, 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 stable career path. However, I also wanted to, I had a, a strong drive to make sure I wanted to make my own luck. I didn't want to have somebody else kind of choose my destiny or something or anything like that. I wanted to, I wanted to make it or break it myself. And one of the, one of, one of my customers, one of my business owners, Sam Ross, he kind of pushed me over the edge to, you know, to take the risk. It was the time to do it. You're young. So it definitely was the right, the right choice looking back, but it was a very, very good decision to make it at the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, right out of college, that is the time, right? That's the time to do it. You're young and, and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn from it. When you decided to take that leap, did you envision the company growing to where it is today? You know, did you want to stay small or was it just incrementally your growth just, just begun organically? So yeah, the business today is much larger than I could ever imagine than Back in 1997, a lot, you know, every, the employees we have, services we deliver, I, you know, what I'm doing now is nothing what I envisioned at the time, which is a really, you know, a really good thing. Back then when I started, it was all basically referral, referral based business. I did not come from a business background. I'm a technical background. Now I'm a business, business background. So I was a, a computer programmer, degree in computer science, two different skill sets than when you're looking at when you're trying to grow a business versus, you know, being a technician. So I was a computer technician making money, trying to you know build a business. And I didn't have a lot of the people skills, personal skills. I had enough to get by, but not, not at the level of the sales skills that you need, organization skills, the managed skills that, that you require and to learn over, over time. So when I first started, I definitely was not um, thinking about where I am, where I, where I am, to, am today. Now, how long did you work on your own before you made your first hire? Just curious. So it was about about two years. Uh, so I worked about two years before I made my first hire. Again, I started with no capital. I started with not basically nothing. So there was no. I started with with absolutely zero dollars. I had you know college debt from Drexel helped pay the money I was making at at Lockheed Martin was using to pay the Drexel bill. So there. So I started with with you know uh, with with no, with no outside capital. So. What I did was I made my hire back in 1999. He's still with me today. My chief technology officer, Bill Davey. So he was my 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 first hire. Um, we worked together to build the business, you know, to go out. And then we've hired a few people. I worked out of my parents' house first. Then I worked out of my house. Then I purchased a property in uh, Williamstown, New Jersey. And now currently here located in Sewell, New Jersey. I have two floors, about 10,000 square feet of, of space where I'm at right now. So I kind of moved up over, over the years. No, excellent. And you made a comment about the uh, Drexel bill. Do you think you needed that degree to get to where you're at today? That's a good question. I would say today you probably wouldn't need it. Back then, the Drexel gave me a lot of credit, gave me some credibility, degree. 
I did learn a lot of good skills from Drexel, a lot of technical skills. Drexel at the time was very high on the technical. They were like the job was just coming out. The newest technology was just coming out. And the internet wasn't, there wasn't much information out there for you to kind of learn. So definitely for me, it was worth the investment in Drexel to come out, to come up with that degree. I'm saying starting out now with all the resources you have available, you could probably take a different, a different path. Well, yeah, the one mistake that I, I did make, I could have saved myself some money, is I should have went to you know Camden County for two years for the base classes and then just finished Drexel out from a financial perspective. That's one thing I look back I would have changed about about it, but I may not have met all the people that I've met, you know, through Drexel. So that was, that's one thing that I questioned, you know, from a financial financial perspective back back then. No, great share. No, and I and I agree wholeheartedly with with uh, just about everything you said there. So. I want to first say, which I meant to say, but you, you dove into your history that it's nice to officially meet you. Uh, you're, you're one of the few guests that I've had on the show that I have not personally got to, to meet. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, personally meeting you at, at some point, not virtually. We were connected by your client relationship manager, Dave, Devin Bender, who uh, I met at a Jersey Man event. But I'm, 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 again, I'm excited to uh, get to know you and appreciate you sharing your journey here. Now, you are a chair of the Gloucester County Chamber of Commerce. Actually, um, our mutual friend, uh, Chuck Garrity, DOTF, he's vice chair as well, right? Yes, he is. I know Chuck well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the chairman of the Gloucester County Chamber of Commerce. I was treasurer past couple of years, been involved for about past five to six years. So, I basically, I told the story about that. I became a member of the chamber. I really started growing the business the last five, six years. We actually, you know, took a, a concerted effort to market to certain industries to really go out and bring a sales staff in and a marketing staff and to really do that. So I joined the chamber and I go out to the golf, you know, I, I just signed up myself for golf and I ended up uh, getting, um, meeting uh, Mike from Hoffman Extermination. He's a really nice, nice fellow. Talked to him, started meeting more people through the, to the chamber, started, you know, getting more and more involved, joined a committee, got on the board, and I was, it's a great group of people that the, the Chamber of Commerce here at Gloucester, Gloucester County. And it's been a really good, uh, a really good uh, experience working with the Chamber. No, excellent. Yeah, I, I saw Chuck recently and uh, DOTF one of my favorite spots. And, uh, you know, I shared that you were coming on. He's like, that's great. He's like, I'm actually vice chair, which I didn't even realize. But I, I wanted to share that with you. So one of the things I found really interesting on your website is you have a client f- for 20 plus years. PJ Woolahans. Yes. Was yes. that one of your first clients? It was one of my first clients. I actually, the owner, Bob, I was working on some of his own personal things back in, it's got to be 98, 99 t- timeframe. And one of his account, accountants at the time was you know, the accounting firm. They were kind of referred me in to do some work. So I kind of been working with them. That that company has had amazing growth over the years, starting at you know the different stores that they had. But they've been a great a great company, a, a great company to partner with. Great great people that run run the organization, and uh, we've we kind of grown grown with them over the years with their stores. You know, opening up the new stores, all the cybersecurity that's needed to protect the you know, credit cards and all the customers' information, all the infrastructure, the Wi Fi, and all those all those upgrades over the years. So. Uh, it's been a really exciting time working with them because it's a dynamic company and uh, really had a really good relationship with them. Yeah, it really is. And I've never had a bad time at any other establishments. How many do they have now? 13, 14? I think they're up to no, the 20s because oh, they have all wow. the different, they have different concepts. You have the, you know, the Chop House, you have Treno, 
you have they have a couple they have a, they have a couple of different concepts. They have the taco escapes me right on Haddon Avenue, so they have that, and they have and then they have the PJ's Poorhouse. So it's multiple brands that they have beyond just PJ Willahan, just the uh, the pubs that you see. So. Gotcha. I, I actually just went on a ski trip with my family at Blue Mountain and they have a small one real next to Blue Mountain. I, I had no idea. Did you, did you, did you know? Yeah, about I think that it's one? called Pl- yeah, Platz's. I think it's Platz's it's called all or Platz's. There's also PJ's up there too. That's one of their, their, their uh, one of the first locations up there. Oh, really? Interesting. I, I, I had no idea they had one up there, but we were passing it, you know, driving by a few times and uh, it seemed like it was packed too. <laughs> yeah. You know, people that don't know, too much about cybersecurity. You know, I just read that there's a global market projection of $366 billion by 2028. I mean, what an industry and market to be in with those projections. Talk a little bit about, you know, the services that you provide on the cybersecurity end, the IT end. So, PCH Technologies is really a partner for businesses when it comes to cybersecurity and their IT needs. There's really three sectors that we that we focus in, construction being one of them, financial and manufacturing companies. And we can provide a, we want to keep businesses up and running no matter the circumstance. You know, and that could be make sure you're free of a cyber attack. We don't want people to get in your system, lock you out of it, steal your information, do anything like that. As well as if there is a natural disaster or there's some other issue that comes up at your place of business, you need to have a business continuity plan to continue, basically to continue to run. So we provide everything from, you know, from help desk services to email protection, ransomware protection, incident response. If you do have a, a problem or an issue, endpoint protection, no matter where you're working, you're working at home, working at a coffee shop, you need to be protected. So no matter where you work, your data is safe, you're able to work and you're able, able to run. So we have a host of solutions that, that we use and we're certified in to protect your individual business and your organization, depending on the level of cyber that you, that you need. You know, a construction company has certain needs from cybersecurity and certain risks. It's different from the financial industry. It's different from manufacturers. You know, the manufacturing line can't get shut down or you're losing big dollars. Financial, obviously, you can't have people hacking in and stealing money out of your bank accounts. Construction, all your, everything now is, is digital plans and things like that. So you got to be able to operate very quickly and respond so you can't get shut down from, from operating as well. And you want to keep your information safe. So that's kind of some of the things that we do for, for businesses. I can tell you firsthand, the threats are so real. I have a client and there was a phishing wire transfer email where they... Were, they were just watching, you know, watching our correspondence back and forth. They used my letterhead and sent my client, you know, it, just to send, which I always were picking up checks. They, they convinced my client to send them a wire transfer. Now we caught it, we caught it in time. So, that, you know, it was, it was all good, but it's very scary, very real. Yeah, I've seen this happen to a number of, of clients, construction in particular. What I've seen happen is that hackers will breach an Office 365 system, get all the contacts out, read all the emails, and they'll find the vendors. And then what they'll do is they'll pose as that as that construction company, oh, our, our information has changed. Can you please send the money here now instead? And that's how they're they're doing that because they have once your email is breached and you have that information, you can see all that all, all that information, and then it gets sent. So definitely, I, we we've seen that that happen. So you definitely need to the way people are going to get the way people are going to get in systems are through email is the number one way. The second way is through remote access to your to your systems. 
you know, so it's very important to have a two-factor authentication system on your email and any remote access you have to prevent people from, from accessing your system because people can get your password on the dark web. I could do a search and get, I'm a guy from New Jersey. I can get all kinds of people's passwords if I, if I want to. And I'm just, you know, uh, so it's, it's very, very easy to do. And that two-factor adds a lot of security when you're, um, when you're, when you're trying to protect some of the, against some of those attacks for sure. Got it. Back to your services, the IT services, what's the difference between a full service and the co-managed? That's a good question. So a full service, you know, IT is where you're going to outsource your entire IT operation, you know, to us. We would work, we would work hand in hand with the business owner or a CFO. You know, you would use our help desk services. We come out on site to fix your computers or one of our partners. We do all your cybersecurity. We do vendor management. We'd sit down with you and do a review of your IT, you know, of your IT, you know, basically once a year, do like a CIO review. So you're outsourcing your cybersecurity and we're kind of taking that on completely. That's a full service. Co-managed, we do work with, um, you know, people that do have IT departments already in-house and we're there to supplement and help them in regards to adding very, very specific projects that they want to outsource to us with our expertise on a certain area, that they're busy with the day-to-day things, but we can come in and do a project that would be very beneficial for them, do sometimes backup disaster recovery or certain cyber security solutions that we have in place, like 24-7 security operation centers and things like that, that will actually supplement the, the services. So that's what a co-managed you know, environment looks like. Got it. Yeah, I was on your website for a little bit, and, and I was just curious about that. I appreciate you explaining that. So how many employees do you have these days? We're up to 27 employees right now. Excellent. Congrats on that. Congrats on the growth. That's good stuff. And I see you have a slew of publications. Any one that you want to put out there? As far as publications, as far as um, different things I've written or... I think the one one that I just was recently featured on was I was talking about the industry about cyber liability insurance and really every business needs to have it as a backstop. But there's a lot of things about, you know, the government regulation, IT and cybersecurity, how are these, how are these pipelines being hacked and things like that or being having ransomware. And I think it's the people that are driving right now, the regulations that you need to require for your business are, are the cybersecurity liability company, you know, company that providing that insurance because they're paying out these massive ransoms and they're losing money, which insurance companies don't, don't lose money. So they're actually saying, if you don't have this two-factor authentication, if you don't have managed detection response, if you don't have a, you know, incident response plan that either not, you're going to have non-renewal or you're going to have a very, very high cost for the same, the same protections you have. So I think that that's really an important thing that I mentioned in one of the articles that I recently recent was, was, was featured in, in, I think it was, it was Channel Futures or CRM Magazine, one of the, one of the two. That's a really important piece that it is a real, like a real thing that is happening from that perspective. I wanted to just mention one thing about your wire transfer. I'm going to pop back for that for one second. I made a relationship with a local FBI agent from the Philadelphia office here, and he specialized in cyber in the area. And one of the things that I didn't know about that he told me about was that if you do have a wire transfer fraud, and let's say it does, it does go through. You should contact the FBI, the FBI in that particular situation because of the wire fraud. And he said he has a way, if it's 24 to 48 hours, he has a way to reverse that money above what the bank can do. So that, that was a very interesting piece of information that I did not know until I had a chance to speak with him personally about that when we had an event uh, last November. 
Yep. And you know what? We actually did that. Uh, that was something that we learned through that process as well. I appreciate that. That's a great share. And we also learned, and maybe you know this, if that fraud transfers over a certain amount, is it 25000 where FBI can get involved? Is it less than that, that they, they, they don't bother? Or do you know anything about that? He didn't indicate a dollar value. I think the wire fraud in, in general is there. Yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't. That's a, I'll, I'll follow up and ask that question, Nick. I'll, I'll find out and I'll, I'll email you after the call because that's a very it's a very interesting question. So I think that it seemed like almost any any value because I don't think somebody's there. I don't think they're going to chase down any wire fraud. It's going to be ten thousand dollars or more. I, I don't see them trying to go for like a small you know a, a, you know small amount with the uh, with the wire transfer fraud and. The other thing, too, on, on that point, on the wire transfer fraud, it's very important to read your cyber insurance policy, too, because sometimes it can be excluded that it's a human error that you click the button, you release the money, okay, even though you were social engineered into doing it. So I've seen some policies covered, some don't. So it's like it's very important to, to understand these these nuances because, you know, it, everything's fine and good until you have a situation, then you got to read the fine print, and then, oh, that's not included or I'm not this that's definitely it's important to know to to know some of these things you so know? so true and I went through that with my client and they did not have that box checked but it was caught early enough that's so good. good yeah man yeah how how real it is to see that firsthand especially when they're using my letterhead and my name and my information it looked it looks so real <laughs> yeah now the professional the professional at doing that you know doing the engine social engineering I just read a report from JP Morgan. It was it was actually 2021. It said 74% of organizations were targets of payment scams. And it also said 65% believe some of the increase was due to COVID-19. You have any anything to share about COVID-19 and how that has potentially affected cyber? So, yeah, when COVID-19 first happened, it was a big change to cyber because before that, a large percentage of people still worked in offices, they were behind firewalls, and a lot of the cybersecurity was your expectation was that you were going to be not working remotely. Well, now the whole entire world is almost working remotely. And the protections when they first went home were not, some people work on their home computers, they weren't company owned, they didn't have the proper level of cybersecurity on their, you know, on their systems when they first went home. Now, since the kind of pandemic happened, it's been, a, you know, almost coming up on two years now, it's March of 2022, that a lot of companies have shifted and put the proper level of cybersecurity so people could work, could work everywhere, everywhere, you know, having, you know, VPNs, having managed section response, having some different things on there. So definitely the, the, that's what, what COVID did. And also it was another way for people to trick, you know, trick people with COVID say, oh, and when it first came out, here's COVID information, another phishing technique to talk about COVID or anything like that just added another way for people to be able to be to be fished by using COVID as another 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 way around it. Yep, got it. Now that makes complete sense. Got it. Now before we were recording, you, you had made comments about Ukraine. You want to touch on what this whole Ukraine thing and, and how that is impacting cyber as well? Yeah, so Kind of first off, you know, your business, no matter, should have a, the proper level of cybersecurity, no matter what's happening in the world. Now, with, with this Ukraine situation occurring, what's happening is there's cyber warfare is already happening across, across, you know, across the globe. The United States is putting financial sanctions on Russia, which makes the United States, and again, they want to try to attack the United States 
and run more cyber attacks against us in that situation. So definitely that's that's an area where you're going to see increased um, cyber attacks. Also, again, the Ukraine war also gives more phishing information. Hey, the war is over. Whatever they're going to send, they're going to use that as a, as a way to do that. And the last thing you have, I was reading, was reading in the Wall Street Journal last night about how some of the um, some of the people in Ukraine individually trying to launch their own cyber attacks, which adds another level of interference to what's going on against against Russia and things like that. So, so it's, it's very it's you know I feel bad for this this whole war and everybody that's, that's going through it. They shouldn't have to, but you know it's just it's just the reality of this of the situation. And I think it's just prudent as a business owner, and I've said this before that. Every business, every organization needs to have a base level of, of cyber insurance to keep them keep themselves up and running, so they're not affected by this. Because you know, the more you know protection you have, then it becomes less effective by them launching attacks. Yeah, great. I'm glad you broke that down. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. So what are you excited about right now with your business and where do you see your business going? I see that you're expanding into Delaware and Maryland. That's got to be exciting. Yes, definitely. We're, you know, it's really, like you said, you mentioned the market for cybersecurity is just, it's just exploding. So I'm very happy to be, you know, moving into the Wilmington, Delaware and the Maryland market as far as having a more local presence. We're looking to move more as a national MSP across the board. You know, there's going to be more announcements later in this year, other areas we're expanding to. We currently do business actually in Europe. We're actually international do business in Europe, uh, Canada, and, you know, United States. So I'm really excited for the, for the growth opportunity right now, you know, for the company. We have a great team of people, which is the number one thing for us. I'm excited to, we're bringing two new people in that we hired for remote roles, First time we actually hired a person from South Carolina and a gentleman from Buffalo, New York, and we're flying them in next week to do one week of training here in Philadelphia with us, with our team. So they're kind of be, be part of the team, and then we're going to have them go back work remotely. So we had to kind of go out of the out of the out of the Philadelphia market to find some some talent, you know, for for the team because we really want to have we really want to have the best team of team members to assist our clients in in the realm of cyber and IT. So we've been very fortunate to have a good team, and we're looking forward to add, add a couple new people uh, this this week coming up. No, excellent. You know, I, I'm I'm really excited for your growth, man. It's it sounds pretty amazing. I mean, you you've been now 25 years that your business has started. You mentioned 27 employees. Just curious, right now, you mentioned remote. How many employees do you have that's remote right now? We have fully remote. We have about eight people nine people remote full remote then we have then we have people hybrid the other other people are coming into the office hybrid working from home depending on the day so we try to keep it flexible for people some people really want to they want to just work remote and i'm fine with that some people want to do the hybrid so we try to be flexible on our on our you know what what the needs are of our of our employees for family needs and whatever whatever comes up so got it so outside of work what are you passionate about hobbies what do you like to do 
So my, my favorite thing to do right now is I like to, I have a BMW M2 that I take on the track. I've been to Millville many times. I've been up to Virginia International Raceway. I've been to uh, Palmer Motorsports Park, uh, Palm Springs uh, Thermal Club. So I really enjoy going out there and amateur you know, racing is what I, which I really, really enjoy to do. I, I kind of cool. got back. Yeah, I, I picked it up about five years ago. That's probably the thing I'm most passionate about you know, as far as, as, as a hobby goes. I didn't expect that to come out. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really fun. We have a PCH technology car. I got number 97 on it when I started. People ask, I put 97 on the side of the car. I said, why is it 97? Because that's when I started started the business. So <laughs> I really enjoy it. I mean, it's very, I'm very focused on what I'm doing. When I was younger, I did, uh, I did, I did that. There was a place called Malibu on 73. It had like a, a little, like a, just carts, you know, and you race for time, apexes and stuff like that. And I took the, the, the class there and I walked into the dealership one time and I saw this car there and it was great. I drove it. And next thing you know, I'm taking on the track and performing <laughs> with it. So. What's zero sixty? What's the zero sixty with the uh, three point eight seconds on on that on that car? Three point eight. So, yeah. Wow. I have a. I'm test driving the electric power of these vehicles now. Have you have you test dri- drove like Teslas or any 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 other electric power? Yeah, vehicles? I've driven a Tesla. Yeah, I've I've rented a Tesla before. So it's just the acceleration is. Oh is, my goodness! So there's a lot of acceleration on the way that the electric car works. You know. Yeah. Did you have you heard of the Volvo called Polestar? I've not heard of that one yet. Yeah, Volvo has a performance division, and now Polestar is its own brand, similar to Tesla. They're Tesla's newest competitor. So I have one right now that I'm test driving here for, for a little while. And wow, for, for zero to sixty in four seconds. I just just that electric power is just it's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's a totally different experience. I know I got in the Tesla. It's so yeah. different. It's like you're driving a computer. It's not a car. It's a computer that was made into a car. It's just I just. It's very, very different. Um, so different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it too. I, I could fall in love with racing as well. I'm, I'm with you there. So if someone were interested in becoming an entrepreneur or, or just following their passion, whether it's in cyber or, or construction with what I do, but, you know, they're being pushed to follow that traditional path, you know, to work for somebody, but, but deep inside, they know they want to do their own thing. What, what advice would you give them? from someone that, that did it right out of school, what would be the best advice for someone to just go after? It's going to be different for each person, but I think that, you know, the way that I did it was, you know, I had that, it's going to be hard. Like I, I was working full-time at Lockheed Martin. I was moonlighting at night to kind of build up that base. So I, I try to advise people to try to do your passion, try it out part-time. So if you're, if you're in a full-time job, you can't just up and quit. I don't think that's a great decision, but if you are, are full-time, Try to do it at night, on the weekends, test it out, see what's going to go, save up your money so you have some, some capital to work with. And then it's going to be a decision, a risk versus work, because it's depending where you're at in your, in your life. You know, can I afford to, to fail here if this doesn't work? And what's my downside? What's my downside risk going to be? Anytime I look at any opportunity now, I look at what's, what's my potential gain that I'm going to have? How much risk do I have to take to do that? And then I make a good decision on, you know, how, you know, how, how you actually want to receive. But a lot of times, sometimes you got to go all in and you have to go all the way. If you're going to, if you want to really have something, you're going to have to take a significant risk to kind of, to kind of, kind of get to the next level in business. So it's really going to be a, an individual case. And I think that starting your passion part-time, making sure it's going to work and you have a system worked out, you know, it's going to function like a proof of concepts. 
then go out and, and do it. But if I was an entrepreneur, there's so many, the, the way that it, the, you can do everything for free now, you know, before you had to pay for your, the, the barrier of entry for entrepreneurship is so low. Now you have everything, you can do everything for free. You could have all your business systems, everything before you couldn't, you know? So I think that your barrier entry is so low, so you can really get started very quickly. Absolutely. It's so much easier now, right? With technology and all the resources at your fingertips, you just have to make that choice and uh, keep going, you know? Definitely. Appreciate the share, man. So do you want to put out your social media contact info website for anyone looking to get in contact with you? Yeah. So if you're looking at our website, it's pchtechnologies.com. Or I'm most active on LinkedIn. My name is Timothy Gwim. Uh, I think that's the, uh, the the handle as well on LinkedIn. So uh, those are the two ways to, to reach out to me. And I, I'm very active on, on LinkedIn. So I will respond to any messages on the, on there as well. Excellent. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you uh, enjoyed it as much as I did. And uh, I definitely learned a lot. Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate it, the time today. And uh, thanks for having me today. Absolutely. And I'll be seeing you soon. Thanks again. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.